The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome to Payoff Pitch, Action Network's MLB betting podcast. We are presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen, joined today by a trio of Action Network baseball experts, Sean Zarillo, Charlie Disturco, and Anthony DeBundo. All of your names just kind of roll off the tongue nicely as a group. Thankfully, we'll all be together quite a bit for the next several months. Uh, today's episode, MLB season-long player props. We also have an episode coming out uh, for MLB long shots. Yes, baseball is back this week. That means payoff pitch is back in full force. We have our episodes coming up this week. The ones I mentioned, we have our full opening day betting preview, which is coming out Wednesday for Thursday slate. Zarillo and DeBundo will break it all down. Uh, the pitching angles, lineups coming out, storylines to follow, the rule changes, all of it. They'll be uh, breaking it all down extensively uh, for a Wednesday release for Thursday opening day. And we are also very excited to share payoff pitch. We'll have not two, but three episodes per week, Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Yeah, we're adding Mondays into the mix. A bunch of those baseball players take Mondays off on their schedule. We aren't. Monday, Tuesday, Friday, throughout the entire season, you'll hear the four of us. BJ Cunningham's going to hop in as well, possibly others. It's a long summer. So I'm sure we'll hear from others throughout the course of the season. So that's exciting. Three episodes a week, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, just breaking down baseball slates and getting you excited on a, maybe a slow summer day. You got payoff pitch to follow. So we look forward to that. Back to the task at hand. We're going to do player props on this episode of payoff pitch. And we figured, all right, let's to create some flow. We will do it draft style. So I'll go to Zerillo first to Bundo second. And then Disturco third. And if someone takes your prop, too bad. You got to go back on a back on the clock and you'll figure it out, hopefully. So without further ado, our payoff pitch, player prop draft. Alliteration, baby. Zerillo, what? First pick. You better, I know we, I know you're not the you know, Zerillo inside jokes. 
the, the, the best bet is not your best bet. All bets are your best bets. So you better be, you got to choose carefully. It's the first one. So what do you got? Yeah. Do you have a favorite best bet for 2023 in terms of player props? I have twice as much on Juan Soto to win an NL MVP as I have on any of my other player prop allocations. We'll get to the player I've selected in the AL who I have about as much risk across multiple props, but in terms of an individual prop, Soto is my favorite bet. It's come down from around plus 600 to plus 550. The reason why I love this two years ago, I bet Juan Soto plus 850 the year before that. I bet him at plus 1200, but when he was plus 850 before the 2021 season, I said I would bet him every year. That was not true because I did not bet him last year at plus 300. Those odds were just way too short. But now that his odds have come back out up closer to five to one, I'm okay jumping in again relative to how he ranks compared to the field in the National League, which is much weaker than the field for AL MVP. I think Soto should run away with this award provided he stays healthy. His most significant competition on a per playing time basis is Fernando Tatis Jr. He's going to miss 20 games of suspension, likely has an injury every year as well that you have to factor in on top of that. Beyond that, the drop-off is pretty significant down to Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman in terms of average war as a production of playing time, function of playing time, which is how I sort of rank these fields out. So Soto, OPS ranking, war ranking, he is well above the field of the National League. I think you can justify him closer to that plus 300 where he was last season. So I'm happy to get him at around five to one. I'd bet him down to around four to one. So Juan Soto, NL MVP, I think this is the year he does it, was super unlucky last season, batting average on balls in play, injuries, vastly underachieved based on what he was expected to do and what he could have done with just a little bit of luck. So Soto MVP, easily my favorite player future bet for 2023. And that correlates with your interest in the Padres yes. uh, in futures division pennant, I think world series too, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, I actually prefer Padres pennant just because I have more on the Braves pennant and world series. It also correlates to Soto MVP with Manny Machado, RBI leader. Not a prop I'm going to talk about as one of my favorite bets, but I have Soto runs leader, Manny Machado, RBI leader. So a couple other props here that sort of tie in with Soto MVP. Oh, look at that. Machado, some insider knowledge on Zarello's big board. That's uh, behind <laughs> his screen right now as he gives out the first pick. All right, Debundo, you're up next. What do you got for a, a player prop for the 2023 season? Yeah, I'm going to take Byron Buxton over 28 and a half home runs. I think that the books are almost overvaluing now or over uh, deflating the Buxton numbers because of potential injury risk. Uh, he hit 28 homers last year in 382 plate appearances. Uh, he hit 19 in 254 uh, the year prior, which is right around the same pace. Uh, and if you project him out for even 400 at-bats, uh, he gets well over uh, 28 and a half here, closer to 30. Some projected systems have him as high as 500, the bat – uh, has him at 500 with 29 homers. His barrel rate, you know, hit a career high last year. He is DHing this year, which is the, the main reason that I'm extremely optimistic. And he had a career high fly ball rate last season. So I think there's clear indications that Buxton is trying uh, to be more of a slugger, even if it, at the risk of his batting average. Uh, he's not stealing bases really anymore. So really, he, you know, the two biggest risks to his injuries, you know, are stuff like stolen bases and playing the field every day. The Twins made a concerted effort last year to almost load manage him. This year, they seem to be doing that by DHing him. They have, uh, you know, more outfield 
options to potentially uh, play the outfield. So I'm going to take Buxton over 28 and a half homers. I think this is just too much of a discount. It is the only player prop over that I have bet this season. Uh, and I just think that the market is just a little too down on Buxton, who, you know, when on a per play appearance basis, I know we talked about this on the central pod, Sean, I think you said you had him sixth in home runs per plate appearance. I, I would you know, say he's right up there with the top guys in the American league. Very good. Charlie DeSterko, you have a quick thought on this. You you have you tend to agree with Tabundo on Buxton's prospects for the season? Yeah, getting the third pick in the draft, I lost uh, Buxton here. I mean, it, just getting the Otani treatment and seeing as though Buxton stays healthy, this number is just way too low. I mean, when you look at his advanced metrics, 97th percentile in barrel rate, 96th in expected slugging, 93rd in hard hit rate. So when you put it all together, if Buxton even stays healthy for 100 games, he probably ends up going over the, this number at the rate that he's been performing and hitting as far as power goes. So I, I love this number as well. I'll probably be joining him to bundo on him to lead the uh, MLB in home runs too. Yeah, I just want to comment systems. that I didn't know you guys were going to be picking this coming into the podcast. I think that's a really <laughs> creative way to play Buxton. If you like him for this season, because playing DH, he's not going to rack up as much value as he would in center field. So in terms of an MVP bet, if he stays healthy for a full season, Probably decreases his chances, but if he does stay healthy, over 28 and a half home runs, I think that's a really sharp bet. But even if he does miss, say, a month, I still like my bet. And the projection yeah. systems, like I said, the bat hasn't been 500 at-bats. That's not even close to a full season. Uh, you know, full season's closer to like 650. Uh, so for him to be at 500, they're already, they're already you know, slicing almost 20% of his numbers off and still putting him over. Uh, so unless it's a long-term injury, I, I love Bucks in here. Fangraphs has them at uh, 33 for their projection for the season, home run projection. We'll go back to Charlie Desterko. Yes, Otani more home runs than Fernando Tatis. It's about minus 120 right now. I, I mean, this is my way, and I, and we'll see this in the wraparound. Just uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., I feel like the market's overvaluing as far as his home run numbers right now. Uh, Otani is in the top 2% of hitters in max exit velocity, expected slugging, barrel rate, just about every single metric you want as a hitter. He's up there with the best of them. And he's DHing as we talked about with Buxton. So when it comes to injuries, it's not a concern. It's more so with the pitching side of things where he could come up and an injury could arise. But, you know, when he matches up against Tatis, I like this matchup here late. Fernando Tatis is suspended already for the first 20 games of the season. So he's already starting with a 20 game disadvantage. So he's going to have to come back from shoulder surgery, not playing since October 3rd, 2021 wrist injury and now we're expecting them to compete with one of the best hitters in baseball. I think that this number is way too uh, too much of a disgrace toward Otani. Like I don't I don't think that they're respecting him in the market as much. He had 34 home runs last year, and you know the number. I just think the number is too low here, and I would bet this number probably like minus 150 range. And then on my wraparound, it's the pairing with Fernando Tatis Jr. under 33 and a half home runs. And I mean, I, I just going a little bit continuing off this. If he misses those 20 games and stays healthy the entire way, he still needs a home run just about every four games. And already Zerillo talked about a little bit briefly with Soto, where you're kind of baking in possibly an injury from Fernando Tatis. We've seen him miss games every single season. We've seen his lack of lack of just smarts at times with motorcycle accidents and stuff like that. So you're expecting this guy to come in after not playing a game in a year, a year and a half and expect him to hit 34 plus home runs. I think that's a very high number. And maybe at his ceiling, that's like where he's going to be in that like 35 range. 
but I'm going to buy the under here, take under 33 and a half home run. I think, you know, if you're betting this, there's always value in taking unders on players and you're already getting him at a 20 game discount. And it's just a lot to expect from him entering this season. DeBundo, we'll go back to you and then work our way back through Zerillo. And I think folks will, will get the drill. What do you have for us, your second player prop that you're eyeing? I know that uh, the other two people I'm on this show with are very big fans of this player. And uh, I think uh, a lot of people are, and for good reason. I mean, he's awesome. Uh, but I am a little bit worried about Julio Rodriguez uh, health-wise. The back issue kept flaring up last year. We saw his stolen base attempts go down considerably. I'm going to take Julio Rodriguez under 29 and a half home runs. And you can find that at, at BetMGM. Uh, the, the slug numbers were impressive last year. He finished with a 509 slug in his, uh, his barrel rate was really good. He hit 28 homers and 560 plate appearances. I think you're just paying a premium here at 29 and a half. Now, uh, this was as high as 30 and a half. It's come down. This is really important to shop around. Cause if you look other books, you'll find 28, 26. Um, so at 29 and a half, the bat projects him, uh, right at 28, that X 26, which takes into account some more stat cast data and ATC is at 29. So the three systems that I like the most are all under on him. Uh, and I think that's with, you know, 500 and, or sorry, 634 plate appearances for Julio. Uh, I think he put, I mean, he could do that, but that's almost near the max amount of playing time that you're going to expect from him. So I think you're paying a premium on the guy who just won rookie of the year and who was going top five in fantasy drafts and who is the next budding star of the league. Uh, and I like betting against the hype and betting against what a guy did last year uh, as a rookie in a breakout year. Uh, so I'm gonna go under on Julio Rodriguez. And I guess the, the there, there should be some confidence in the rest of their, their lineup too. So they, they could manage him possibly. But then again, if we think the angels are improved, the Astros are the Astros, they're they're asking a lot of Julio Rodriguez uh, for, for this for this coming season. Sean Zarillo, back to you. Another player prop for us. J Rod's kind of a funny one because I actually have a most home runs bet on him, and he's a guy who, based on Statcast metrics, you could justify for a home run leader bet, but you could also on projections justify betting the under on his home run total. So just kind of like the range of outcomes on him is so wide. Uh, I get back to back picks here, so I'm gonna go with a couple prop bets. We'll go with Mookie Betts as the runs scored leader for baseball since 2018. He leads baseball and runs scored by a wide margin. For the 2023 season, I have him projected for 104 runs, tied atop the league with Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman. But in terms of runs scored per plate appearance, Betts and Acuna are the top two guys. Just a slight margin ahead of the rest of the pack. Judge Soto there as well. But looking for the odds of all of the players I've mentioned, except for Freeman, Mookie Betts is much higher than the favorites. Judge 8-1, to one, Soto 6-1, to one. Mookie being 11-1 to one doesn't really make sense to me. He should be, if not the co-favorite, the outright favorite at around 6-1 to one tied with Soto. So Mookie Betts 11-1, pretty easy bet for me to make here, just based off of projections. Never mind the fact that he is just the overall run-scored leader in baseball by about 30 runs over the past five seasons. So bets runs leader, one of my favorite prop bets, in addition to Luis Arise to be the hits leader. Uh, last year with the Twins, Arise was not in the starting lineup for the first few weeks of the season. They have a lot of hitting depth. They were able to platoon him occasionally against lefties. 
He also got banged up at one point, I believe, too. The Marlins are going to put him in the lineup every single day. He had that two-home run game in the World Baseball Classic, which is surprising because he's not a power guy. But I also saw him line a bunch of doubles off of that tall right field wall in Minnesota last season. I know Marlins Park is not by any means a hitter's park, but in that big outfield, I think a rise might hit 60 doubles this season. This guy is going to rack up base hits in that big outfield, especially without being able to shift him in the infield too. In terms of how I project these guys out, again, hits as a component of overall playing time. The top tier is Trey Turner, Tim Anderson, Luis Arise. Below that is Freddie Freeman, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero. There's a, a slight drop-off in terms of the average number of hits per plate appearance that I project guys for. But Arise is the most upside relative to all those players, given his odds and given the playing time projection he's actually getting. He's sort of underrated relative to the group he's around. So Luis Arise, around 22 to 1 as the hits leader. Mookie Betts, 11 to 1 as the run scored leader. My picks at the 2 3 turn here. Finally, some spark with the Marlins outside of their uh, wonderful starting pitcher in Sandy Alcantara. You can now keep your eyes on their leadoff man, Luis Arise. Most hits. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Only must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidence help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee red line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. DeBundo, third round selection. I'm going to go with Nick Lodolo, under 177 and a half strikeouts at BetMGM. Shop around as well. Uh, for these, of course, because one or two strikeouts could make the difference come the end of the season. I am worried about uh, workload for the Reds' young starters, whether it's Ashcraft, Green, and Lodolo. And Lodolo specifically has never pitched more than 120 innings in a full season. He's he's a young guy, like Hunter Green. The Reds are not going to be very good. They're not going to be in contention when September rolls around. And I am skeptical that they are going to push all three of them as far as maybe they could go because they're worried about over fatiguing them and, and overworking them in meaningful, meaningless innings. So I think that there's a cap really on how high Nick Lodolo can go this year. 
that's if he stays completely healthy as well, uh, which he he does have an elevated injury risk uh, according to some projections. So for Lodolo, I can't see him throwing more than 140, 45 innings this year. And thus at 177, he would need to have an extremely high strikeout rate. Even if he matched last year's, he would come in right around that number. Uh, his stuff plus is down this year, according to Eno Saris's model in spring training. It's early, but uh, there are some concerning signs for him with his stuff number. Uh, and if it's a little bit lower and he strikes out a little bit fewer batters, uh, he's going to come in under 177 and a half. Even if he's tracking for it, the Reds could just shut him down and it's a win. So I have a lot of downside risk here, whether it's injuries, whether it's getting shut down, whether it's a lower strikeout rate on Lodolo. So I'm going to go under 177 and a half. Yeah, he's been shut down multiple times. Last year was the back. And then you go back to his time in the minors. He was also shut down innings limit. He was with class a Dayton in the Reds organization and uh, had some problems as well as their second rated prospect. It Fangraphs has him over at uh, 189 strikeouts. Is he? Yeah, I got. What's sorry. the what's the inning number on that 189 though? That's the question. The part of me, yeah, because you had strikeouts, right? Not innings. You had strikeouts. Yeah, strikeouts. The strikeout number 189, inning 160. Yeah, I would bet a hard under on 160, given that he's never thrown more than 120 in a year. Okay, very good. On to Charlie Disturco. You got the next two. Yes, so Zarillo was uh, hyping up a Miami Marlin. I'm going to be taking an under on one of them, and it's actually Sandy Alcantara, under 196 and a half strikeouts. This number is extremely high for a pitcher that I'm looking to fade this year. He's coming off the Cy Young season that everybody cashed on. Of course, that's going to lead to an inflation in his numbers across the board. You look at just how he is as a strikeout pitcher, he's – as dominant as he is, as successful as he is pitching late into games, keeping the score one or two runs. He's just in the 53rd percentile in strikeout rate under a quarter of a time. So his strikeout numbers are not extremely high or eye popping where if he gets to that like 180 to 190 inning mark, he's going to go over this number. Actually last year for an entire season, 228 innings, only 207 strikeouts. The year before that, he also went over, but that's two years of complete full health in the low 200s. This number is in the mid 190s, just about you know 10 less than what he's kind of at his peak. And that's saying that he doesn't miss a start or two, doesn't pitch into the eight, seventh, eighth, ninth inning every single time, which we saw him do last year in the Cy Young season. There are some advanced metrics where you know, there are a little bit uh, hard hit rate is a little bit of a concern at times. So when it comes to Sandy, like there, there might be earlier starts this time around. Maybe he regresses. There's always value in taking unders on pitchers and, and a number near 200 for not a strikeout pitcher. I think it's a little bit too high. The bat is actually in the mid 180s on him. And that's like where I stand. So I'm taking his under as my next pick. And then for my wraparound snake draft, I'm going to take Michael Harris under 153 and a half hits, fading another player coming off an award-winning season. Michael Harris, the NL rookie of the year, 153 and a half hits is a lot of hits. Only 31 players did it last season. And while Michael Harris had an incredible rookie year, 123 hits and 114 games and a near 300 average, his BABIP was 361, which is pretty unsustainable. Only three players had higher BABIP than he did. Goldschmidt, Nate Lowe, and, and Xander Bogarts. And he's in the bottom 7% in chase rate. So he's swinging 
a lot. And I'm just looking to fade him going into that sophomore year, sophomore season slump. 153 and a half hits is just a ton of hits to get. And of course, you know, these are all projecting for if they fully stay healthy, who knows with an injury bug or anything that comes up, or if he misses a couple of weeks, I don't think that we're going to see him get 150 hits in a hundred and whatever, 25 games. If you expand that 114, 123 that he had last season. So taking two unders here on two award winners, fading them just for a small regression on their season. And though like the, the Alcantara one, what pops to my head too, just, and we talked about Zarello with the Padres and taking a guy like uh, Soto for MVP. I would imagine too, like Marlins, there's no juice on the Marlins win total under, right? And that would be, if there's an edge taking a Marlins under, if you got a better number before, but they're at 76 and a half now, that's in a way fading Alcantara to be out there as often as he can. That that He's a big part of them winning baseball games, at least the games he starts. Yeah, but so, I think I think Miami's like getting... They, they improved. They took the better. steps in the offseason to get better. I actually am on their over, which is funny enough, but okay. I just think that like Sandy Alcantara, if he pitches 28, 30 games, which like he still probably doesn't even get to that 196 and a half mark, especially given that his strikeout rate is below nine. Like it's, he doesn't get a strikeout every inning. It's a little bit under that nine mark. So you're saying even if he gets 200 innings pitched, he's probably under 196 and a half. Like, so I, I just think it's such a, a hefty number for a pitcher that's coming off an award-winning season where everyone's going to be looking to bet, you know, on him again or his overs or look at him as like, he's the best. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I just think that the, the it's just a little bit of an inflation when it comes to his market. The biggest question is whether Skip Shoemaker can uh, pull him from the game successfully or whether, whether Sandy will uh, yeah. make him go back into the dugout and keep pitching. <laughs> <laughs> Because Don was unable to pull him, but uh, I think maybe maybe the, the rookie manager can get bullied into letting Sandy throw extra innings. We'll see. Uh, this yeah. is true. All right, Tabundo, why don't you take it? Let's go. All right, my next pick, Esteri Ruiz, 75-1, to 1, American League Rookie of the Year. Look, I mean, the minor league batted ball data was horrendous on Esteri. Uh, some, somebody told me it was as low as 17% hard hit rate. But... We have spring training data on him, and as recently as Monday night, he hit a ball 109.2 miles per hour. He hit a nuke homer off of Ross Stripling. He hit a ball 100 miles an hour uh, earlier in spring training this year. He's been hitting the ball harder. When you combine that with his plus hit tool uh, and his ridiculous speed, you get a guy who could steal 50, 55 bases. Uh, and I think the wow factor on a pretty terrible Oakland team could make this really interesting uh, as somebody who, you know, it's going to be a very terrible team, one of the worst in, in the entire league. But Ruiz is an electric prospect. Uh, he could hit, you know, like I said, if his, if his contact quality improves, he could hit 260, 270 uh, and steal 50, 55, maybe 60 bags. Uh, that's an exciting prospect uh, and somebody who's going to add a ton of uh, uh, value and they cut Christian Pache, which means that I think Ruiz is going to start every day. So at 75 to one, I mean, some of the guys he's lined next to uh, is crazy. Uh, people who are not on major league rosters who will not be on major league rosters until the summer Ruiz is on opening day. He's going to play almost every day and he's going to steal bases and his contact quality is improving. So that's enough for me to take a shot. 75 to one. Okay. Back to Sean Zarillo. We'll 
speed it up here. You know, they take, they bring out the assistant commissioner and they speed up the draft. We'll, uh, we'll whip through <laughs> some of the rest of these. So Zarillo, we'll, I'm not, I can maybe grab somebody. Maybe my cat can come in or something, but uh, anywho, Zarillo, you've got two in a row. Yeah, so I think most people get the logic with how I'm going about betting these player prop categories at this point. Max Fried, my projected wins leader at 15 wins, tied with Garrett Cole. Odds are 25 to 1. There's several pitchers shorter than him. Pretty simple bet there. Team with the most projected wins. Fried, most projected starts on that team. Very simple. In terms of my next pick, it's kind of a player bet, not only on Jordan Alvarez to win MVP, which would be the bet I'm going to give out here because he's my MVP pick. But Jordan Alvarez is the player I have the most invested in across multiple props markets. Runs leader, home run leader, RBI leader. Didn't pick up a bat for a long time in spring training. Look at the stat cast metrics. As good as any hitter in baseball. Obviously, the gargantuan home runs in the postseason going to help the hype. But I think Jordan Alvarez still kind of overlooked in terms of his stat cast metrics as a hitter relative to the rest of the league because this guy is an absolute freak show and potentially one of the best hitters we've ever seen. I do not say that lightly, but in terms of where he is at relative to his age, I would expect him to kind of copy Judge's season from last year at some point down the line. He's not going to be playing center field, gets left field DH at bats, but you get somewhere close to what Aaron Judge did in 2022, you're going to be in the MVP consideration regardless. Otani is so far ahead of the pack for MVP. You need to put up a historic season like Alvarez did or like Judge did last year. I think Mm -hmm. Alvarez is capable of doing that, not only for one year, but multiple years throughout his career. So betting him at a variety of markets, only have about three quarters of a unit, wrist on Jordan across four bets. So if he gets hurt, misses time, it's not going to crater our bottom line, but if he wins the triple crown, we're going to win over 10 units. So Jordan Alvarez, variety of markets, my favorite player to bet in multiple markets for 2023. And correct me if I'm wrong, I get the sense too, we've talked about this a ton leading up to opening day, which is Thursday in the, the, the preseason spring training. Players that are on really good teams are going to benefit also from playing their division. In some cases, not all cases, but playing their division less, right? So if, I would imagine Alvarez could be a guy who could benefit, right? Zerillo, if he's got more, like there's, they're going to have just more games against National League opponents that might not be as stacked up from a pitching Yeah, standpoint. or the, the Royals pitching, the Tigers pitching without, as we've talked about, the Tigers without two of their best starters this season. So, yeah, more at-bats against the dregs of the AL Central potentially going to help you. But I don't know how that, you know, factors into familiarity with pitchers. Like there's a give right. and a take with that sort of thing too with, not seeing pitchers as frequently. I don't know if that helps the batter or the pitcher in this scenario. So, yeah, uh, you know, tough to actually put a physical number on that. But in terms of his talent level, I don't think Jordan is being fairly judged in the odds markets. Jabundo, back to you for your fifth player prop. Well, most books are not offering props on Oakland Athletics pitchers, but I'm buying the staff and I'm selling the national staff. So I'm going to take a fun team prop. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to take A's to have more wins than Nationals. Ken Ken Waldachuk uh, stuff looks really impressive. Uh, Fujinami coming over from Japan stuff looks really good. Question is, can he command it? I'm impressed by you know some of the numbers we've seen from him. He did get rocked a couple times in spring training, but uh, the stuff is much better than anything the Nationals have. Uh, and so I think from a you know projecting point of view, I bet the Nationals win total under. 
59 and a half. And I like A's to have more wins in the Nationals. So I ran out of player props. Uh, I'm going to take a team prop here, but really it's mostly because you couldn't find strikeouts on some of these younger, uh, less proven arms for Oakland. All right. So DeBundo's draft room can close her down and uh, head back to the clubhouse and, and crack one, I guess. Disturco, you've got uh, you've got a couple for us. Before we go. Yeah, I'll be quick here. Um, we took a lot of unders to start. I'm going to go with a couple overs. Mookie bets over 28 and a half home runs kind of goes hat, hand in hand with Sean's uh, Mookie runs scored. He had 35 home runs last year. Look at his projections for just about any of them. ATC steamers, zips, the bat. They all have over this number. You're seeing Mookie Betts and his power numbers just increase year over year. His barrel rates improved 2% over the last year. His hard hit rate is the highest since before COVID. So now that he's in this Dodgers lineup, obviously I like the runs prop as well. I think that he is uh, going to be in that MVP race. I think it might be a two-legged race by the end of it between Betts and Soto. Two years ago in 2021, he had just 23 in 122 games. So four to six to the over of 28 and a half since 2016, not counting the COVID year. Like him to go over this in this one. And then another over, Vlad Guerrero Jr., over 33 and a half home runs. I'm buying two years ago what we saw from him from a numbers perspective. He was just short last year of this mark. I mean, you look at just how his numbers perform, 94% hard hit rate, 99% max exit velocity. The fences have been brought in in Rogers Center, so what was already a hitter-friendly park is now going to be more hitter-friendly, a 7% bump in home runs projected uh, when you look at what the uh, bringing in the fences as far as from a feet perspective does he had 32 last year, sorry. And 48 the year before. So buying his upside. And that was that 32 came with three home runs and a 217 average in may. I talked about it on our ALEs podcast. So taking two overs to end it quick and easy. Mookie Betts hit a ball last week. That was uh, harder than a ball he's hit in the last three years. He did some weighted bats could be uh, pretty notable. If you're staying in that hotel at Rogers center, caution Vlad Guerrero might, break a window with the change in uh, the ballpark's dimensions. Okay, since Cirillo's been awesome uh, putting together his uh, – I'm just coming up with a reason on the fly because Cirillo's got two more, and he's going to have one more pick. <laughs> I'll just say Cirillo's big uh, projections, win total projections. He's got player projections as well up on actionnetwork.com. We'll give Zarillo a compensatory pick. So he's got his sixth and seventh props, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, so I've got my awards piece coming out uh, today, the same day that you will get this podcast in your podcast feed. So check that out on actionnetwork.com. We'll wrap it up with a few awards bets here. So Anthony Volpe at 25 to 1 earlier in spring training was my favorite awards bet because when I projected out production as a component of playing time, he ranked right up there with Gunnar Henderson. He was just projected for half the at-bats as Henderson. But now that he's won an opening day job, they basically have the same war projection, 3.5, 3.4. A few projection systems have updated their numbers since Vol Volpe won the job, and all of them have him between three and three and a half wins this season. He's very much in the conversation. His odds have shrunk dramatically from about 25 to 1 to 18 to 1, now down to plus 650, but he's still a clear second choice behind Henderson. So if you want to bet Volpe down to 5 to 1, I think that's perfectly fine. He is just as good of a player as Gunnar Henderson, and now he's projected to match Henderson in terms of playing time. And he may even go up because there's a chance he gets bumped to the number one spot in the lineup. Better lineup than what the Orioles have. They should score more runs. Even though the Orioles should be good this season, the Yankees still project for more runs. So Volpe, I think, just has an equivalent path to winning the rookie of the year as Gunnar Henderson does. The odds should be matched, essentially, going into the season. They're not quite there yet. 
I expect they might get there in the next few days. And then lastly, my AL Cy Young position, I've had a bunch of pitchers who I bet for this award get hurt. My two favorite bets by far are Christian Javier and Shohei Otani. Otani actually projects to lead the American League in pitching war. And I think Otani at 12 to 1 for Cy Young is a better bet than Otani for MVP at around plus 220. Otani also ranked second in expected ERA last season, so completely legitimate in terms of his skill set. He might have been third, actually, but top three very clearly. Christian Javier, a guy I knew I was going to be betting for Cy Young towards the end of last year. Again, another guy who ranks in the top four per expected ERA, top four per strikeout rate over the second half of last season. Christian Javier not getting quite enough respect as an ace in this league yet. I think he will get that this season when he contends for a Cy Young award. So Javier, Cy Young, strikeout leader. Otani, Cy Young, certainly a few of my favorite prop bets. I have a number on my card, but that's how we'll round it out for today. Jordan Walker, NL NL Rookie of the Year, I just want to mention, because I liked him just as much as Volpe at the start of spring training. His odds have plummeted to four to one. And based on the projection, I can't really justify him as a co-favorite. So Volpe of the two rookies of the year who have dropped dramatically clearly has the better odds. Excellent. All right, gents. Good job. That's the, uh, the payoff pitch player prop draft for you. You should follow all of these guys, Sean Zarillo, Anthony DeBundo, Charlie DeSterco in the action app, because there was a lot there, plenty of action on this pot, which was excellent, but be sure to follow the guys in the app individually. They will have these player props logged to uh, follow along a reminder that we have payoff pitch coming your way. We'll start this coming Friday with opening day Thursday, and we'll be regular three days a week, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, so on and so forth. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Payoff Pitch. We are presented by BetMGM. Be on the lookout for our Long Shots episode as we lead up to opening day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.